Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And what is up? Welcome in. Happy Nick Harbor Day Eve. This is GC Live. Sorry we missed you on yesterday. We figured we had to pop in and do one more show before what is the traditional signing day on tomorrow. Uh, doesn't quite have the same overall meaning that it once did in terms of pure volume of guys we're tracking and number of players that South Carolina is still pursuing, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But in the case of this year, you have that one big final piece of the puzzle for South Carolina. And someone, Chris, that, you know, we talk about this. I wouldn't even say every class that there's a guy like this because there's there's not. I would say every couple of classes, every few classes, you have a prospect, you have a South Carolina target whose name sort of just takes on a life of its own among the fan base. You know, I would say, have we have one? Have we had one since Jordan Birch that just nah. really was to this to this level? Maybe before that, Ryan Helinski, maybe. Um, you know, Zach Pickens. There was a little bit of that, I, I would say, but for the most part, um, you know, there was a little bit maybe with Antonio Williams for for a stretch there where a lot of people, um, you know, I, I think you sort of, I, I put it into multiple buckets of fans. You have your fans that are going to be tuned into recruiting regardless. And then you have your more casual fans that are going to tune into recruiting a little bit. Then you have your super, super casual fans that aren't really dialed in at all. But then when a guy like Nick Harbor comes along, he becomes a water cooler discussion type recruit. In the case of Nick Harbor, this is a full, all-in, fan base is interested. Lots of Gamecocks going to be locked in at 1 o'clock. And as, as we're going live right now, if you're listening to this later on in the podcast, it is 1.34, so we are at exactly right around 24 hours until we will have just found out. Announcement is set for one. As we know, Chris, actual announcement, when we find out, can fluctuate. I would say right about now in 24 hours, Gamecock fans are either going to be celebrating or they're going to be sad. Uh, you know, and, and Shane Beamer will be getting ready to go talk to the media um, in about 30 minutes, uh, 24 hours from now as well. Yep. He'll have a, a very short time, uh, lead time from presumably when Harbor will have announced to getting up at the podium. And I'm sure he and the rest of the coaching staff and fans alike hoping that what he will be able to get up there and officially say the name Nicholas Harbor, because that means South Carolina will have, will have signed him at that point. So this has been a, a really interesting recruitment, man. And I, I think you nailed it. Um, this is one that Carolina fans of all varieties and types and whatever bucket you fall in, they're engaged with this one. You know, you, 
I've talked to also obviously we talk to Gamecock fans all the time, Wes, and I've seen everybody from the super casual, hey, isn't there some kid up in DC that's super fast that they're recruiting? Are they gonna get him to, you know, people texting us breathlessly wanting updates on uh, on everything Nick Carver related. So they're definitely full full on engaged with this one. And uh it's been it's been an interesting recruitment. It's been a fun recruitment to cover. You know, Harbor is someone that has granted some interviews over the course of time. Um, I visited his high school, talked to him, you know, just hearing some things from sources. But I think, man, this is probably the most intriguing and probably un- most unique prospect. I'll, I won't speak for you. I can say if you agree or not, if you want, but – I think maybe the most interesting, intriguing, and unique prospect that we've covered just because you've got a guy who's a five-star football athlete, top 25 in the on-three consensus, number one athlete in the country on the football field, but also an Olympic-level sprinter. And then to boot, he is, you know, really a pretty elite guy academically as well. And then just you throw in all that, mix it together, and then throw in kind of this very interesting mix a finalist is five finalists, not one conference dominated, not geographically dominated in one region, but spread all throughout the country, different vibes. I think it's a really interesting recruitment for Nicholas Harbor. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, yeah, shout out to our mutual friend there. Um, I won't say your name. You know exactly who you are. I'm sure you're listening. He's wanted to know, um, you know, what, color shoes is nick harbour wearing in class today i think during this thing and it, it just goes to show you that the uh the collective vision of gamecock nation is firmly locked into what is nick harbour going to do on wednesday afternoon and i want to dive into the finalists here momentarily and, and just go through them we'll tell you what we know at this point obviously we're going to keep gathering we're going to keep working on this thing it could change. It could be a situation um, somewhat of a rarity, not a complete rarity, but it could be a situation where we all find out together um, on Wednesday afternoon, though I do think there there are some hints, there are some indications, but in this case, it, it is going to be a little bit difficult to tell exactly which way he is headed until he actually makes the announcement. But first, I want to tell you about our buddy Clint Hammond of Movement Mortgage, clinthammond.com. 803-771-6933. You may be used to us telling you about Clint when he was with Mortgage Network, but the entire Mortgage Network crew, which does a fantastic job, they have helped me buy a house. They have helped family members buy a house. Um, they That entire team is now with Movement Mortgage. So same great team, different name, different logo. You see Clint's information above our heads every single show. So again, clinthammond.com or 803-771-6933. I promise you, if you uh, give Clint a call right now, he will talk to you about mortgages, and he he too will probably talk to you about Nicholas Harbor if you are a Gamecock fan. Clint was actually texting me about Harbor earlier today, and we'll use that as our segue. And so Clint had been reading Twitter and listening to the radio, and he said he said Wes, am I am I missing something here? There's like seems to be a lot of confidence floating around. Just South Carolina, you know, Gamecock Twitter, South Carolina fan base, that it's gonna be Nick Nick Harbor to South Carolina. And he's like, did I miss this? Is this one of those things where it's a foregone conclusion? We're just waiting on the announcement. 
And I said, no, would, I would not go that far. Um, now, is South Carolina still, as we sit here, Eva the announcement, firmly in this thing? I, I think that is very safe to say. Does South Carolina feel pretty good? And, and when we say that, you're just kind of talking about the collective building. You know, like where, where does the staff think they are in this thing? I think they feel pretty good as well. Now, there's some danger there because this is a true, one of the few true recruitments, Chris, where there's like four or five schools that are truly still in it, it appears. Normally, you can whittle that down to a couple of schools. Sometimes it's three. But for the most part, maybe a, maybe a recruit's told schools, hey, I'm not, I'm not coming. Or maybe... Maybe some schools in a top five are just thrown in there because they have name appeal. We see that all the time. You know, oh, Alabama's in my final five. Alabama hasn't talked to you in four months. So, you know, I, I think, Chris, this is kind of interesting because there are those sort of five, which would be South Carolina, Oregon, Maryland, Michigan, Miami. Apparently he likes the letter M. But I think Miami, pretty much out of it, even though – there is a little bit of confidence even on the Miami end that they're in it. You get into those four, though, man. Is it really going to be a complete shock? Like, I, I think we've started to have a feel. Like, I kind of know what direction I would go if, I, if somebody said, you have to you have to guess to save your life. I, I know what direction I would go. But if he walked up there and pulled out a hat, of any of the other four, so South Carolina, Oregon, Michigan, Maryland, I might be like, oh, wow. But I don't think I would be shocked by any means. Yeah. The the only one where you're like gobsmacked is Miami because that's just – even though they're in the final five, you'd be like, really? You know, I mean, just doesn't make any sense. Didn't take an official there. Don't know if he's even ever been to Coral Gables overall, Wes. And – I think some of the other programs have kind of there's been a little ebb and flow to this thing overall, which is not atypical. Like this is not just a South Carolina thing. I mean, every even blue blood schools that are landing three to four to five five stars a year, a they're losing some guys that are five stars as well, and they're they've got some recruiting, you know, build up or drama, or maybe you go into a day where you just don't know for sure, and and the kind of not knowing part is what we may have here. So, yeah, I mean, none of those would be some huge shock. I think a lot of people are talking about Oregon West for a lot of reasons. I mean, you've got – they're kind of the the newcomer in this recruitment, came on late. Obviously, they have a lot of boxes checked of, of different things that Harbor would be looking for. Um, so they wouldn't be a surprise. Michigan, I think at times, has probably been the favorite in this recruitment, South Carolina at times has been the favorite in this recruitment. And then you've had Maryland kind of lurking back there. And I feel like some people dismissing them maybe a little bit too easily just because ah, it's Maryland, you know, it's going to be one of these other schools, but they've been there too. So I totally agree with you. Wouldn't be some huge shock I, I, surprise on, on maybe one or two of them. Yeah. But shock, probably not the right word unless you're talking about Miami. Yeah, I uh, and even then, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Nick Nick has kind of gone a little bit silent on this thing in the last 
I don't know, a week or so. Um, I, I think he may be granted an interview, maybe one interview in the last uh, day or so, but for the most part, he has not talked a ton. So I don't even know, you know, those are sort of the the five because they got in-home visits and they, um, you know, they were allowed to come in in the final week. I don't even know if he's technically given, you know, that that top five, but those are the, the ones that are sort of still in communication, the ones that are still involved. Um, it is weird that Michigan, if you told me four or five months ago, like, hey, just make a random guess. We, you know, take the information you have, know that things can change, but just give me a random guess. I probably would have given Michigan the best chance to land the kid because I, I think there's a lot of alignment to what he is looking for in a school. Um, what he said both publicly and the things you hear privately. Um, however, and we talked about this on the 107.5 show, Chris, just reading what the the own three guys that cover Michigan day-to-day and do a fantastic job, and then in turn knowing, based on what we do, where information like that is coming from, it does not feel like there's confidence even within the Michigan circle about where they currently stand. Now, can there be a late push? Can there be a late switch? Can there be, you know, the kid could wake up tomorrow and be like, what am I doing? I've liked Michigan the entire time. Um, that can happen. Because I don't think there's been an indication. Now, we maybe just don't know. There hasn't really been an indication that a final decision has been made, which also makes it incredibly difficult to project, to predict, uh, to give guesses because that is what they are right now. But um, it, it is a little bit strange how much Michigan has seemingly, perception-wise, fallen off to this point. Yeah, at one point, it looked like Michigan – like Michigan may have even been my pick at, at some various points, like depending on – now I don't know if I could, and again, th- this is not – we're still at the point right now, Wes, where it's kind of an, an estimated guess because we don't completely know. You know, we hear different things. You can kind of piece it together, but you're not sure. And so even earlier in the process, you hear a lot about Michigan. And, again, going back to the kind of the check boxes cliche, Michigan has a lot of those for Harbor. You know, high academic kid, high athletic profile. Um, there was a lot that appealed to him and, and his family about Michigan. and so. You know, I thought kind of going down the stretch, projecting forward maybe a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, my thought was this thing may come down to South Carolina and Michigan, and it, and it doesn't have that feel. You know, now it kind of seems like, okay, this is probably more likely South Carolina and Maryland and Oregon or South Carolina and Oregon or South Carolina and Maryland um, with Michigan kind of, what do you think, Wes, fourth right now? like third, third-ish, you know, with somebody. Um, and the really the thing that I can attribute it to, I think it's the hardball factor. You know, I think that's kind of sowed some um, questions probably in the mind um, because it, it now seems like an annual thing where Jim Harbaugh is going to be flirting very publicly with the NFL. It's happened two off-seasons you know, the Vikings got a couple teams at least this offseason, and it kind of seemed like all the stuff with the NFL and the Broncos had died down, 
in advance of late signing day. Mm-hmm. But now reporting from the Wolverine on our Michigan on three site, it, it's it's still going on. You know, and so for someone like Harbor, um, who is a relationships guy, I think that very much matters to him. And relationships, actually, Wes, is a huge reason that South Carolina is, is so much in this race. Yeah, and um, it, if it ends up being relationships first, Chris, and then the more, for lack of a better way to say it, just like sort of business other reasons, I think South Carolina has to feel pretty good from that context because if it's a firmly just, I'm going to check off the boxes, no emotion, no relationships, no anything, then that's where maybe Oregon sort of feels good about their pitch. But a point you made on the radio and a point you made on the Insiders Forum on GamecockCentral.com is how much does this location, the distance from home for Oregon, um, you made a great point that I think gets lost on people at times. You're talking about flying out to Pac-12 country, not just for you know road games or home games. You're talking about all your games being out there. You're talking about sitting in, what would it be, like LaGuardia Airport, like sitting in there for for an hour or two. What, you know, this... Right now, it's probably one of the hardest times to ever. I don't have to fly a lot. I have family members who do. They get delayed all the time right now. Um, you can drive from D.C., which isn't really what you would call close to Columbia, but you can hop in your car and drive D.C. to Columbia, pretty much all interstate, and be there much quicker than you can fly to Oregon. Um, yeah. and I believe they even, Chris, have direct flights now um, between Columbia and D.C. So if you wanted to go that route, uh, that's an option for you. And I think NIL is going to be very beneficial for Harbor and his family, so they can probably handle that. But point being, if you start to get into relationships being the deciding factor, because I, I think, let's be honest, there's a lot of factors. We don't know ultimately what's going to be kind of that that final card you know what i mean what what is what tips everything else over because all these schools clearly have something he's looking for or they wouldn't be finalists for him uh, but if it gets to relationships man especially if michigan is like out because it feels like that's the other school that really has the really long relationships here then you know maybe it is south carolina man because I, uh, or Oregon, it's just hard to see Oregon went out if it becomes a relationship decision. And, um, to, to further add to your Michigan point, Chris, um, so EJ Holland, who writes for the Wolverine, which is the Michigan on three site, I would encourage our Gamecock Central subscribers to go check them out as well because you have access to the other sites. And he just put out, um, it says about two hours ago, but that's in um, a different time zone. So actually, it's probably more like an hour or so ago. He just put out the latest he is hearing. I will not give away their premium information. However, I will just say this. They are even less confident than they were before in it being Michigan. Um, would take a complete change of heart, at least from their information. And Chris, you and I have been doing this for a long time. 
I can probably count on, I can probably count on one finger, not one hand. I can count on one finger the amount of times we've heard a coaching staff doesn't think they're getting a guy, and then they do. It, it happens a decent amount where you'll hear, ah, we feel pretty good, we feel pretty good, and then you find out, well, the kids told three schools to feel good. <laughs> yeah. But you don't see the other way around very often. I'm having a hard time thinking of any. There are some. I thought of one off the top of my head, and yeah. that was a little bit of a painful point for game. So DJ Daniel, that Juco corner, who ended up flipping to Georgia. So that's, they were. That's the one I was thinking of. That's, that's the only one I could think of. It's just like, ah, we won't, uh, you're not going to get that kid. And then boom, he's committed. Oh, what? <laughs> it's kind of a surprise. Nice little pleasant surprise. Um, the, George, yeah. the Georgia guys were at his announcement and we weren't. Yeah, that, that was pretty telling. And so, they were like, uh, hey, guys, we're going to send you this commit story because uh, he just committed to South Carolina. We're like, what? <laughs> And then come to find out, like you said, he signs with Georgia anyway. But um, Travis Ford says, what about Dunlap? Well, no, see, Dunlap didn't come here. So we're talking about where coaches think they're not getting a guy. And then, and then you get him. Do. He commits. It just does not happen. That's that's why, Chris, the more you, – you have that in the back of your head, right, that Michigan – Michigan – there was so much for so long there that you can't count them out. The actual information, unless there is a ton of suspense being built here. Right. The actual information doesn't really point to Michigan at this point, it seems. No, doesn't seem like it is. And so that kind of – I think it kind of leaves South Carolina, Oregon, Maryland. And, again, we might be discounting – you know, there hasn't been as much Maryland buzz lately. You know, I think sometime in the past 48 hours, I kind of heard, like, don't discount Maryland. Like, it, it may come down to they may want be one of the two or three finalists in this. But we also haven't heard something that's super strong about Maryland, if that makes sense. Like, some people are saying kind of strongly South Carolina. Some people are saying kind of strongly Oregon and, and being a main contender. Maryland – probably still in that, you know, might, might still be in that mix. And I think one that that's the one West that would be the most devastating to Gamecock fans. You know, like if Nick Carver gets up tomorrow and he's like Michigan or he's like Oregon, people will be like, all right, you know, disappointed. I get it. If he goes up there and commits to Maryland, people are going to be like, what? That's not, this is not cool. Um, so that's, that's the one that would be the toughest pill to swallow. But yeah, does it, I mean, it, you, you've been all over that that storyline in that Michigan certainly seems to have slipped for some reason in this recruitment. I don't know if it's really been reported why, but the Harbaugh thing is the only reason that I can kind of come up with, maybe among other factors. Yeah, so, um, again, leaning on uh, EJ Holland here, who does a fantastic job over there. Again, if you're a subscriber to our site, go read theirs. There's a pretty in-depth latest on the Michigan side here. and. Chris, it seems that the NIL factor, um, which again is not like the only factor, it's a piece of the puzzle that Michigan has not really been, um, you would say, necessarily competitive 
uh, it appears, as far as what they've been able to put together in projecting what that would look like on their end. So, um, which is very, very surprising, if you ask me, just in general, um, that Michigan wouldn't have, I would think they would have a lot of NIL support. And I think Harbor is going to be one of these guys who's going to have a lot of national appeal on the NIL side that really in some ways will take some of the pressure off the school the school supporters locally, I feel like. Um, not that there's not going to have to be that local NIL push, but I, I would think there's going to be quite a bit. Of, I mean, just today, Chris, did you see this, man? So, I mean, if this ain't an example of what new world we are living in, Harbor's announcement, is essentially being sponsored by Champ Sports. <laughs> yep. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, I mean, it is awesome. Um, has he, he put out the tweet earlier, actually, that Spencer Rattler responded to. Let's let's also let's 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 talk about Spencer Rattler a little bit, Wes. There's some people that have been important in this process for South Carolina, but uh, puts out a tweet. Harbor does. It says, "Hey, come, you know, join join me on my commitment day." At Champ Sports hashtag ad, so yeah, we have a we have some sponsored commitment announcements now. Outstanding stuff, but that just goes to show. I mean, it's just like you said, this is a guy with national brand potential, and so I do not think the NIL for Nicholas Harbor has been the most important factor. Has it been a factor? Yes, in that. This is a guy that does, let's, let's be real, he has significant earning and brand matching potential in college because of his profile, his athleticism in two different sports. Um, that unlocks a lot of opportunities to you. And so it would really be, I mean, put, your, put yourself in his shoes. You'd be absolutely foolish not to consider that, you know? And so, uh, but, you, but you don't want to make that the only part of the pitch. Like, I feel like with Miami – they felt like they were in it because oh, we got all this NIL money. Well, that doesn't resonate with someone like Nick Carver, who is really and truly looking at the full picture. What do you have academically? What do you have athletically in track and football? And then what do you have uh, on the branding slash NIL front? And so there you got it for those of you on the stream, Spencer Rattler making a little pitch for Nick Carver. Yeah, and, and I, I think, Chris, uh, increasingly – kind of interesting to me man increasingly this has felt like that nick harbour is a potential offensive weapon for spencer rattler i'll be honest another you know as this thing has shifted early on of course you know we talked about all the michigan talk another change that i've been a little surprised by i thought this guy was going to be a pass rusher all the way because i said that size that frame that just twitchiness, it's like defensive coaches are going to ultimately convince him, dude, you got to go rush, you got to go rush the passer, not rough the passer, but rush the passer. And increasingly, even though he's still listed as an athlete, doesn't it seem like the preference and the pitch from schools has been, hey, come use your skill set on offense? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, Spencer Rattler, Sending that tweet to Harbor Art, our uh, indications that we've gotten, Wes, our information is that those two have had conversations and 
Nicholas Harbor took note of the fact that Spencer Rattler is returning to South Carolina. And so Harbor is the type of guy who has the talent leveled where if he comes in and works and picks things up, uh, if he does attend South Carolina, would have a really good shot at, at seeing some early playing time. And so that appeals to him as well, the stability and the talent level there, the quarterback position for South Carolina. But yeah, it it uh it does seem like that. It kind of went from, you know, where do you play him to he could play both. Um, that's been part of the pitch for South Carolina and others. But as this thing has progressed, it seemed to settle more and more of him being a, you know, whatever you want to call it, Wes, so a big wide receiver, a flex tight end, however you want to classify it. And, and I think track weighs into that too, right? I mean, this is a, a guy who's going to want to stay relatively lean, 225, 230 probably for track purposes. Is it going to be a, a 275-pound guy who's out there is just a rush end. And so it was always, hey, you're probably going to play some of both. But it, it has seemed to go more in the direction of maybe even exclusively offense at the college level. Well, and that's what I was about to ask, man. I'll, I'll be curious to see, does this is this offense only? Or does this mean you're still, hey, man, when you look the way you look and you can play the way you play, can you go rush the passer on third and long you know is it still shoot is it is it 10 plays a game on defense um that's really that sounds like a foreign concept like you just you don't see teams use players in that way however there haven't been many nick harbors in the history of football so maybe this is an exception maybe you do potentially say look you're a you're a, a receiving tight end slash big-bodied wide receiver, and you're also our third-down pass rush edge guy. Um, I, I think you can – and then I think you're really talk, – you want to talk about branding off the field, man. A true two-way guy who is rushing the passer and split out wide catching passes, like you just do not see that. So – that, that would be pretty fun. That would be pretty cool, in my opinion, just as a fan of the game to see if there's a guy who can actually pull that off. Um, all right, before we move any further, I want to tell you about our friends at Liberty Tax, 803-462-5576. It is tax time. It is tax season. I know that can be a stressful time, but our friends at Liberty Tax will help cure your taxiety. Um, if you're in a hurry for your refund, give them a call. Uh, they are fast, accurate, and I would say most importantly, they are guaranteed. Um, if you think you might owe Uncle Sam some money, you can talk to them about that as well. They're going to find every single possible deduction for you. They're locally owned and operated. They're open 9 to 9 on weekdays and 9 to 5 on Saturdays if you can't make it out there during a weekday. And um, really just lots of opportunities here. If you don't want to go in person, you can start on the Liberty Tax mobile app. You can do it on their desktop portal. Or you can make an appointment or walk in, uh, but you can upload your documents ahead of time just to make sure that it's a simple, easy process once you get over there. So again, 803-462-5576, three great locations of Liberty Tax right here in the Columbia area. Appreciate Larry and that team supporting us here on GC Live. Um all right, we're going to start to move towards clo closing this thing out. Um, the other thing tomorrow, Chris, uh, Elijah Caldwell signing with South Carolina. Ceremony tomorrow afternoon at Northwestern. 
Um, I imagine he may send his in. You see this a lot of times. They send in the actual letter of intent early on. The ceremony itself at last check is not going to be until 2 o'clock. We should have some coverage from that. But um, we talked about this when he committed, man, but really nice late pickup for South Carolina. It's going to be lost a little bit tomorrow with all the harbor hoopla. But I'll be curious to see what Shane Beamer has to say about that late addition. I really think this was one of those guys. You and I talked about it before off air. It's like, man, do you really want to lose this guy to a West Virginia or to an NC State and then have fans asking you two or three years from now, why, you know, why is this guy just sort of going about his business, catching 45 passes a year for 700 yards at NC State when he could be doing that exact thing an hour down the road from Rock Hill? Yeah, even if it's not uh, a guy in your division winning the Bolitnikoff. Uh, like Jalen Hyatt, there have been several guys that have gone on and made an impact. And, you know, I I really think, do you think coaching staffs now, like Shane Beamer and his crew, they're like, all right, if we pass on this kid, how many threads on Gamecock Central do we get per week during the football season if he goes to West Virginia or NC State and is catching 45 balls a year? Uh, But seriously, you you don't want that to happen. And so um, had a big season, obviously, what, 20 touchdowns, West as a senior Shrine Bowl kid kind of developed a rapport with Lenora Sellers and was certainly a really, really quality late pickup. And I think a smart decision to go after him in a position of need, you know, when you, when it, when you really look at it. Yeah, no doubt, man. Um, let's see some folks. Yeah. I, I see y'all's comments. Y'all let's see. Uh, what are our recruiting rankings before the Harbor decision? Uh, Joe saying that Oregon on three St. Thinks that it's Maryland versus Oregon with Oregon leading. Um, Michigan on three thinks it's South Carolina. Um, that that just goes to show y'all. Um, a lot of times, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, Chris. You're when you're dealing with prospects, you're dealing with high school kids. We're always dealing with incomplete information, right? However, a lot of times we we're dealing with close to complete information in terms of hey this guy's already told that coaching staff he's coming so can something change can something go crazy at the last minute of course but for the most part you maybe have an idea the other flip side of it is you may hear hey he told school why that i'm not coming so then you can just start chopping them off like that and reverse engineer who it's going to be basically but so chris I think the reason you have the different guesses right now is because everybody is sort of taking their own information they're getting, putting together the pieces, but right in the middle of it, there's this missing piece of information, and that is that, A, the kid maybe hasn't even decided himself, and B, he certainly, it doesn't seem, has told the staffs exactly what is happening yet. Yeah, and when you, when nobody has been told, look, first of all, like you said, sometimes multiple staffs are told, you know, and that makes it even more difficult. I don't think we're dealing with that with Harbor. There does seem to be a consensus that he hasn't told anybody with certainty. And so then you start peeling back the layers and going to, okay, you got to start like micro analyzing. Okay, 
if Oregon feels good, why? Is it a guess? How good are the people? How good are the sources that are passing on the information? How good are the people um, in terms of getting sourced information? And then what is it based on? Is it based on for those sources like a gut feeling? Are those sources good at reading those situations? So there's a lot that can that can play into it. What what I do know here's kind of the strongest I'd go for now, Wes. For anybody saying that South Carolina isn't one of the finalists in in meaning top two, top three, or if anyone that's discounting South Carolina and saying, nah, it's not going to be them, they're not even in it, I can't get there. I think there's too much specific information behind the scenes indicating that South Carolina has a very, very real shot to pull this off. Now, do they? We, we don't know yet. We don't know if they ultimately get it done, but I think with less than 24 hours to go at last check, very much in this race with a really good shot to ultimately get it done. And, and I do feel pretty convicted of that. And we'll, we'll see if it ends up happening. So somebody asked what um, where South Carolina is ranked right now before the Harbor announcement. And um, I thought they were 18th. They are. Um, ironically, one spot ahead of Michigan, one of the other finalists. And so I wanted to check on that because the different rankings are sort of um, changing at, at all times. Everybody's been putting in their final rankings across the recruiting services. So uh, South Carolina currently 18th. It is hard to do the math on what a harbor commitment would mean for South Carolina. However, um, screw it. Let's let's try to walk through this because if this was the first signing day, I wouldn't even attempt this, Chris. There's not going to be near as much movement yeah, as there would have been otherwise. Carolina currently has, y'all, and, and again – all three and four stars are not created equal. So you're talking about an um, average rating that factors in as well. But South Carolina currently is 18th, and they have 11 four-stars and 12 three-stars in the class. And um, right now, 88.38 is their average rating, uh, which would be – a very high three-star, I think, in the on-three consensus. Well, TCU has a slightly better rating, average rating. They're 17th. They only have eight four-stars. Auburn only has nine four-stars, slightly better average rating. Uh, Texas A&M has 11 four-stars and a five-star. They are 15th. So I'm going to say, Chris, conservatively, and I don't know what Auburn – Auburn will probably make some potential noise as well. Potentially, Carolina could be 16th, I will say, if they add Harbor into the mix. And that that will sort of depend on the some very, very tight math there, um, <laughs> if they can pass Auburn or not, I think. But you're talking about I would think they definitely move up to 17th from 18 and could move up to 16th. Just glancing at it, it looks like 15 might be tough to get into. But the five stars are valuable. 
but you're just talking about so much other data. Everybody has pretty much a full class that is um, going towards those rankings at this point. Um, either way, Chris, if you could, if you sort of gave Gamecock fans a time machine a year and a half ago, and I said, hey, we're going to give you the number 16 class in the country. You're going to land Nicholas Harbor. Um, this guy named Lenora Sellers is going to just go off his senior year, and that's going to be your quarterback for this class. And then for 2024, we're going to give you possibly the best on-paper start in school history. Would you sign for that? I think everybody would say yes. I think they would. And, um, you know, 2023 finished off strong. 24 is off to a great start. Could get better, Wes, even in the next, I don't know, days, weeks. We could see more activity in the 2024 class that's, you know, really, really strong for South Carolina. So I, I think Gamecock fans would certainly sign up for that. Each recruiting class for Shane Beamer has kind of built, you know, it's kind of leveled up each year. Um, and I think there's been a progression of sorts. Even if South Carolina lands Harbor for the 23 class, the 24 one can end up being more highly ranked, certainly. So um, definitely, as Bobby said there in, on the on the chat, YouTube, it is heading in the right direction on the recruiting front. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say J-Dub has my favorite comment of the day. The other ones have been good, but I uh, appreciate you, J-Dub. It's a very nice compliment, man. Um, the – other thing that I think fans have been asking about and the other storyline for tomorrow, to be honest, y'all, we've kind of, I don't want to say avoided it, but anytime you're dealing with academic situations, I think we're all very careful um, with what we say. But there's been so many questions about it, Chris, and eventually, I mean, tomorrow is signing day. Fans are going to want to know what the heck is going on. So what can you tell people at this point about the Xavion Hardy situation he, of course, is still verbally committed to South Carolina, uh, but did not sign during the early signing period. Yeah, the, the last that we heard, and we will double-check this before sometime before tomorrow, Wes, but at last check, sounded like it was not as likely that South Carolina would go through with signing Xavion Hardy. Now, that doesn't mean the staff decided they don't like him anymore or anything like that, but Hardy is more likely to sign with a junior college on Wednesday a um, couple Mississippi schools to watch for. Here's here's the big thing to watch for, Wes. East Mississippi, where Elijah Davis went, uh, obviously a South Carolina kid from Wagner Sally, someone that Shane Beamer recruited. Uh, they kind of got placed there at East Mississippi out of the Palmetto State and then eventually got him back as a commitment in this class. That seems to be the, the more likely future path for Xavion Hardy is to – East Mississippi's been – Heavy, heavy in that mix there. He's someone that will probably need to go that route, and then South Carolina can get him back at the appropriate time. Definitely a you know, a really, really athletic kid that the staff is very high on in that regard but has some things to take care of. Yeah, and even if that means um, he has to go Juco, um, you know, very talented guy, can make plays, and uh, I think someone South Carolina obviously has – coveted for for quite a while so that'll be something to keep an eye on moving forward really really i mean there's three storylines tomorrow i hesitate to even call them all storylines um it's that elijah caldwell will sign so i don't know if that's a storyline that's just something that's happening then um hardy you know probably like you said uh, won't directly sign with south carolina but that doesn't mean that he won't ultimately end up at south carolina and then of course the big one nick harbor which uh, we hope to have 
complete coverage for you um, as far as leading up to that in the next 24 hours or so. Uh, Chris, it is 2.15 on pre-Harbor Day. Would you, if someone said, Chris, you have to tell me a guess, would you be comfortable giving a guess or would you say you got to wait and see? Mm, it depends on how you're phrasing the question. I mean, you said like earlier you went with the, your life depends on it. You have to give a guess, but then you yeah. just said, are you willing to give a guess? So it depends on what the question is. Well, I wasn't going to put, I mean, wouldn't it be the same answer? You were going to, you weren't going to threaten me with it. Yeah, no, I might, I might pass on a guess unless I have the gun to my head, the proverbial gun to the head. Do you think you'll give a prediction before he announces, or are we going to just let this thing roll? No, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of messing with you and the, and the people a little bit. So here's but, what hey, I was hold on. Let's let's get a little bit more suspense before you answer. Okay. Yeah, I think it would be fun if all the different on three, um, like the national guys, the different <laughs> local guys, since this is such a different recruitment. What it would be cool if like tonight at eight o'clock. We were all just like, all right, guys, final prediction. Everybody puts it in at the same time. What, like, you know, and, and just make it be known. Look, nobody knows where the kid is going. This is your best guess. Everybody puts it in with the, whatever their confidence level is for it. And then, then let's see what that RPM spits out with like, 15 predictions in there and just see what happens and then make a, just make a big thing about it. Like, Hey, at eight o'clock we're all putting in a prediction and let's see what this thing says. The live prediction show. Even you have 15 little yeah, windows just, up yeah, here. Like the, before the Super Bowl, everybody's going to give their predictions on the game. I like it. I like it. It's a pretty good idea. Am I supposed to give my, what I think now? It's all up to you, man. You don't have a gun to your head. I don't have a gun to my head. I I, I would say, um, you know, I, I do think that, you know, if I like if I w were doing the proverbial gun to the head thing, like I would pick South Carolina. But again, we don't know yet. And that's kind of that's not also not just based on, oh, I'm just guessing type of thing. You know, it's 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 getting more in the realm of the educated guess. But we don't know yet. We don't know yet. Um, there's still some time to go. I do think that Harbor and his family are still, last I heard, kind of just going through that process. But there's also been some encouraging signs, I'll say, along the way for South Carolina. They've been there for a long time. They've checked a lot of the different boxes. You know, they're they're closer, as you outlined, West than some of the other options, too. And then we've seen Michigan fall off, which at one time was a a really, really big contender. So that would be my like under the head pick, but it's not one of those things where I'm saying, okay, we know what's happening. We're super confident in it. The two conversations that are going to be, um, Curtis says Corso mascot head involved. Absolutely. Um, the two conversations, Chris, I'm looking forward to having, if he picks South Carolina is going to be, what were all the different factors that went into this thing? And how many different guys on the South Carolina side are going to deserve major credit for help pulling this off if it happens? And then the other side 
is going to be the conversation that takes place probably for his entire football career. Where is the best position for Nick Harbour? Does it involve both sides of the ball? Does it involve a special role just for him? What does that look like? And how do you pair that with the idea of, yeah, this guy's going to be running track as well. And this guy's going to have a little bit of a split um, time compared to the regular average football player out there. So those are going to be some great conversations to have moving forward. But for now, I think that's all we got, y'all. We are going to keep you updated as well as we can on GamecockCentral.com. If you're not a subscriber, come on over. We still got a deal going right now. Just under 30 bucks uh, will get you a subscription from now until kickoff next year. And Chris, I'm I'm pumped, man. This is going to be fun. If you cover this stuff, this is why you do it. If you follow this stuff as a fan, this is why you follow it because we've got a bona fide soap opera. And I mean that in a respectful way because the kid has handled everything the right way from the very beginning but nobody knows what's going to happen which makes for some great content and some great viewing chris yeah it does it's going to be fun hopefully everybody will continue to follow our coverage on gamecockcentral.com maybe even here we'll see and uh yeah good stuff appreciate everybody's support appreciate everybody tuning in today and we'll see uh we'll see what happens on harbor day see see if the uh See if it's good news for the Gamecocks. No doubt. There you go. He's Chris. I'm Wes. We'll see you then.